In the name of God, who is our mother. Amen. You may remember learning in junior high or high school that many of our founding fathers, strictly speaking, weren't Christians. They could be described as deists. I actually don't remember learning that in school because I grew up in Texas where we had about eight years of Texas history with just a little bit of American history thrown in at the very end. And I should warn you, I really have only the vaguest sense of anything that happened to this country before about 1845. But I do remember the deists. You might remember this 18th century movement of people that understood God as a creator who designed the universe and its laws, set the mechanism in motion, and then stood back and allowed it to work. For a deist, it makes no sense to speak of God as comforting or sustaining us. It doesn't make sense to talk about God protecting us or answering prayer. The world runs by itself, according to the laws of nature established by God, and God doesn't interfere. Think that Many, maybe even most of us, live our lives as functional deists. I know I do. We sort of expect God to keep his or her hands off the controls. We don't expect God to act, to intervene in our lives in any meaningful way. And that way of thinking makes sense. After all, we see the world around us working according to the laws of nature, It rains not because God sends clouds, but because of complex but understandable weather patterns. We get sick because someone sneezed on us while we were in line at the grocery. These events aren't due to divine intervention. We don't need God to explain why they happen. We might bring up the divine when we talk about the great mysteries of life and death, but most often we think of God as a sort of heavenly observer who mostly keeps hands off the controls. Most of the time, we think like deists. But Jesus' first followers didn't. In today's text from Acts, Paul and Silas are in trouble. They're early Christian missionaries far from home. And Paul has gotten on the wrong side of a couple of townspeople who, in revenge, have denounced him in front of the Roman authorities. So Paul and Silas are flogged, thrown into the deepest, darkest part of the prison, and chained to the walls. And what they decide to do next is interesting. They stay up all night praying and singing hymns to God. They don't talk through what arguments they could try the next day to convince people to let them out. They don't start writing letters to allies who could send help. They don't sleep so they can be strong enough to deal with whatever comes next. They sing and pray. And then God does something. God sends a miracle, an earthquake that opens every door and breaks every chain. And they're saved, and then they manage to convert the jailer and his entire family for good measure. It's a strange story. But I love it. I love that image of God breaking down the prison walls and freeing the captives. But what I find most interesting about it is not the miracle, but the disciples' underlying assumption. They sit there praying and singing in prison because they think, they assume that God intervenes in the world. They expect God to do something, 
to reach into their lives in some way. They expect God to act. Of course, that assumption, the idea that God is actively involved in human life, is problematic. How do we make sense of the times when God doesn't seem to intervene to guide us or save us? We can certainly think of those times in our own lives or in the life of the world. How do we know when God is at work and when things happen just by chance or because of human choice? The deists have good reasons, after all, for their point of view. But what if they're wrong? I'm not saying that God controls coin tosses or gives and takes away parking spaces, but it's Mother's Day and my mom thinks that. But what if those first disciples were right? What if God intervenes directly, maybe even participates in human life in a more hands-on way than we expect? We assume that God is like a watchmaker who sets up the world and then steps back and lets things unfold. But what if instead God is like a wise and loving mother, one who gives her children freedom to make choices that is still close at hand, present and supportive and loving. Of course, like a good mother, God rarely saves us from our problems. God rarely intervenes and fixes everything for us. Rather, God tends to change our attitudes and renew our strength rather than dramatically intervening. We probably don't notice God's work most of the time. But that's what makes God a good parent. Rather than fixing everything, God works alongside us to help us grow. The prison walls might not fall down in a flash of lightning. It might take years of work, God working alongside us, God working in us, but the walls come down all the same. The promise of Jesus is that God is with us, that God is intimately involved in our lives not standing back to observe or to judge, but participating, molding us, transforming us. And so often we don't see it. When we're confronted with difficult situations, we think that the only possibilities are the possibilities that we can imagine. We think that the only forces at work are the forces that we can see. But what if that isn't true? What if God is really with us? What if God is really within us? What if God is really at work in the situation, creating new possibilities, strengthening us, giving us new perspectives? That would mean there is hope and promise that we cannot see. So many times in our lives, we find ourselves in painful situations. We despair, unable to imagine a way forward, We picture ourselves dealing with the same frustrating issues 10 years from now, and we despair. But doesn't this assume that God won't act? That God won't help us to grow, help us to see new possibilities, transform us? When we face problems and struggles, we often think like the Founding Fathers. We think God is largely absent and uninterested, and we have to figure everything out ourselves. We forget that like a loving mother, God is involved. We can expect, we can pray for God's help. We can expect to be changed, not to have our problems solved, but to be comforted and strengthened so that we can face them. 
God might not make the prison walls fall down in the flash, but we can trust that God is at work. God is with us, and God does act. Amen.